Spoilers. What's the, how can there be a spoiler? <laughs> spoiler, she is the uh, chief justice. Of oh, 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 my God. God. Yeah. That's what I say. Now, uh, people were even, there wasn't even a proper spoiler there. Welcome to What's Law Got to Do With It, a lighthearted look at life in law school. I am Professor Richard Haig. And I'm 3L law student Adam Lachance. Adam, how are you today? You're, I'm you're good? not hungover this week. Oh, that's good. Good. We're, we're, uh, it's improving then all the time. I still feel a little ill from the whole experience. It was a bad one. From from the last time, you mean? Yeah, I so left it's, the it's podcast been a long, sweating. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, well, today, you, hopefully you won't be leaving sweating. Well, there's a lot of people in this room. It's like standing room only. Yeah, so that that's a good segue into we actually have the same guests back for another episode, Jenna and Patrick. But in case people have not heard the previous episode, I think we should kind of go through the whole motions of introductions, etc. Patrick, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Patrick. I'm a 2L student here at Osgood. I was born and raised in Winnipeg, moved to Toronto. Uh, I was, had Professor Haig for criminal law last year in my first year. Um, as Professor Haig will probably say right away, I now love Toronto and hate Winnipeg. So. <laughs> hate is a bit strong, isn't <laughs> okay, it? Okay, dislike, but... Uh, yeah. Despise. And uh, and how do you pronounce your last name again? I know we did that last, last episode, but... It's pronounced McCackerty. It's Irish. McCackerty. And Jenna. Hello, it's me again. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> I'm Jenna. I'm also a 2L student, a good friend of Patrick's, mostly because we were RAs together after taking uh, Professor Hang's criminal law course in first year. And as we talked about last time, I'm from Toronto and uh, could get through the city with my eyes closed at this point. Great. It's good to have you back, both of you. Good um, to be back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, are you pay- you're not paying attention? I, 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 are you paying attention? I'm, I'm here. Okay. I'm, I'm paying attention. Uh, have what you done was, your readings this week? Oh, I was actually just trying to read I, I something. I thought I'd, I thought that intro is going to be a lot longer. But, oh, uh, <laughs> so what? You were going to read while I was doing the Do intro? You know I was reading. You were, reading. but it's over now. Creativity is creativity possible in legal problem solving and teachable in law school? That was the article oh, I assigned to you. I say yes. Oh, you're just answering the question. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you didn't do the readings, but it's a, yeah. That could be a short article. The answer yeah. is just yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, okay. I think there should be more articles like that. What? Which, simple. Oh, yeah. Question. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah. If why law, these imagine are, why judges are, wrote their decisions like that. Why are yes? <laughs> that's how they used to do Why are law it? profs articles so long? Yes. That's a that's a good. <laughs> you know that one. So one of the things that law schools are great for, or academic academic lawyers, because we operate in a realm where we have more journals than any other profession. I think any other discipline. 
so it's easier to publish. So everybody writes, and you and that and and lawyers love to write long, as Jenna will probably explain in a few <laughs> minutes. <laughs> lawyers love to write long, lengthy articles, and and we get published. And so you know, I just we're write very them lucky. for myself. We're fortunate in this discipline, say compared to somebody in classics, or let me just pick some, you know, history where you have only about two journals that you can publish in, and and peer review is much much harder to get published. So. Anyway, I don't know why. why I, I, that's all to that's say. That, <laughs> I thought I got out of it. I can find an article about creativity in law, which you know you, yeah. you wouldn't be. Able I to think find creativity in law is, is do, doing this podcast is a is creative. We've talked about that already. Anyway, yeah, we're very creative. But we the the, the what we have to first ask our guests we've forgotten is what uh, what you know. What's your favorite so law last, TV series? Last time we met, we mentioned. The Good Wife and Suits. Can we go with your number two favorite, second favorite yeah. shows or movies? Or a movie instead of a TV show? How about a book? Or a book. Or a book. How about... I'm just saying things now. What about another podcast? Is that controversial? Oh. No, no, Is that's that totally allowed. We don't, uh, well, I'll cut it out probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but this no, no, because I'm always podcast. on the lookout for good podcasts. Yeah. What, hit me, hit me. What do you got? Do you listen to the Slate podcast with Delia Lithwick? I have listened. No. It's no. very good. Oh, she's okay. excellent. She's Canadian, but then she left the country for Yale, and now she hosts that podcast, and she follows the Supreme Court in the U.S. She's very personable, even though she's brilliant, and so she gets all the best people on, legal scholars, to kind of talk about what's new at the court. What's which happening at the court? Up. Yes, it's so good. Oh. She's excellent. Okay, that's Highly good. Highly recommend. Good recommendation. Great job. Uh, no, so no you pressure. don't have to do No pressure, podcast. Patrick. No, no, you can do anything you want. I'll go with a book. That okay. I'm not currently finished reading, but in the midst of reading, and it's Beverly McLaughlin's biography. Ah. Very enjoyable. Recommend to anybody interested in law. No spoilers. That's good. That and that's quite. Re- that's a very <laughs> current book. Yeah. What's the, how can there be a spoiler? <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be a funny thing to say. <laughs> About, uh, spoiler: She is the. Uh, ex-chief justice of oh, oh my god there wasn't even a proper something that happened spoiler. very recently in her life is that i tried to get her autograph in the book at her lecture about it and the, she said no at the hot dog cinema they were being very pushy and they just had her sign it kind of really fast and she wanted to take a selfie with us and then they said no who's they they, the hot the man. cinema. They, oh. the authority. Yeah. Well, you do have a picture with her. But, like, it's not very good. Like oh, you took a, a like a... <laughs> yeah, we were kind of, like, looking at... She's talking to someone else. You're yeah. taking a selfie. Yeah. Ah. And she was really she was really generous with her time, and she really wanted to have pictures with us. They were like, no. So, wow. They... Anyway, that's both good. We've never had a book or a podcast. We have a book a and a podcast. This is the best episode we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. So intellectual. Yes, like, yes. You RAs. too. So, yeah, we did talk about the RAs last time. So I think we need to – was there anything that you would wish you'd said in the previous episode and forgot about being an RA? I, I think oh, we I, covered the I whole – Oh, I have one. I have one. I don't oh. know if I talked about this on the – you guys can tell me because I know you listen to some of the podcasts. Well, I got my RA-ship with a property law professor by telling her how interested I was in criminal law. How did that go? Walk I us got, through that. I went into an interview – with her and I just didn't lie and pretend like I was really into property law because I wasn't really into property law. So she appreciated your candor. But she was doing some work that was like crossover with criminal and she didn't know how to really approach it because she didn't do a lot of criminal. So then it worked out pretty well. She needed the criminal law angle. Yeah. So then I got to do criminal law 
RA ship with a property professor, which is okay. That's very good. weird. That's good. Well, mine's kind of similar, but not entirely. I told Professor Haig straight up I want to do environmental law, and he said, well, "I'm not really doing anything like that. <laughs> I'm doing this." And I said, "Okay, sure." <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. So it, no, but it it does work out. The fact is, it's like lawyers. One one of the great things about the legal discipline is you have to become mini experts in things. Uh, especially if you're a litigator, right? You can, you have to suddenly know something that you didn't know before and be able to talk relatively yeah. you know, well, eloquently about with it. like experts too. You have to yeah. You have to learn enough of an expert's information to cross-examine them, yeah. which is terrifying. Well, but so you'll be like a little. We heard this. I heard this in class like last night. The professors were talking about how you can literally be an expert in some minute area of like some expert's authority on like the interaction of you know this me- medical malpractice like small area of like blood pressure and you just like know everything oh, about it I know lawyer, yeah you've got to be able to figure out whether they're telling the truth or not so one of the things I did want to just uh, ask you to Jenna's all moving around I <laughs> she's running around the room in she a panic she dropped something oh, oh sorry uh, so the one thing that I did forget to ask and we can and then after this we can move on to something else but so I was wondering about these RA experiences and whether they compare to have were either of you an RA for in your undergrad days and is there a difference between a, a law student research assistantship versus a undergrad so research assistant So I so I was I did some RA work at U of T and Ryerson and then also I was in research professionally for years before coming to law school but People here are just so much more rigorous, as you know. Even coming from a background of research doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes in your in your law research. And I think because people are so sharp in law, they're just so used to kind of tearing apart a document, getting down to the point. They can spot uh, an issue with an argument so quickly. Um, whereas, you know, coming from history or other kind of work background, you're not used to that kind of urgency that people have like people are so quick because often they've been trained in an environment with clients and with deadlines and with other academics I don't think you have that in the same way oh you've just disparaged a whole bunch of other professions <laughs> that you made very good professions <laughs> no, but I thought it was because very like well a historian well, can wallow what? in the literature yeah, yeah, for a long time no one's going anywhere no no I was joking by the way but I think it's Patrick slower. I assume you did did you do anything uh, I did not no. oh, okay I, I think so you're like the fresh eyes on the situation. Same, I have no idea. I think it's, I mean, I don't have experience in any of the other options for summer uh, legal work, but I think if I had to look back, RA work is probably the best option. I think a lot of people get caught up in the idea that they need to go work for a firm, <laughs> and I think working for a professor gives you the opportunity to do almost all the same work under a bit of a different environment, which for me at least, I think probably helped me learn more. And, and uh, you, you can wear pressure. shorts and a t-shirt while you're doing it. Right. Yeah. In the sun. <laughs> In the sun, yeah. wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And you can also build a connection with a professor too at the school, which I think can be very important down the road. Yeah, I often, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm asked by most of my RAs for, re- for reference letters, and that's just because I can give you a much better reference than I can a student who is just one body amongst 70 in a class that yeah. they don't really get to know. So, 
All right. Uh, I I think we need to move on, though, because part of the reason for having them back was to get these two fantastic students to talk <laughs> about something else. <laughs> yeah. And I had the idea of more... Uh, we've, uh, we've had a few podcasts about creativity in law, and I think there's... There's and I'll tell you why I thought about this today. I'm I'm reading in my current public law class. I asked them to do reflective journals, and so mm-hmm. students are writing reflections every week on their experience in law school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my co-host gives me a hard time almost every. Why is that ridiculous? That's you re- don't like preposterous journals. They changed the legal process syllabus and added the mini assignments in State and Citizen instead. Well, is that, is it a, are they graded? Well, this is part of the question. <laughs> now he's getting defensive. <laughs> I'm not grading the first one that I'm re- reading right now, but uh-huh. I will, there will be a grade assigned to them when they, they're going to be handing them in I again see. at the end of what the What did term. you learn from them, though? I feel like that's right. So you're my headed. point, I'm not, I didn't learn anything in the sense, I learned inside people's heads what they were thinking about. But the point was, the, the the range of responses when you're asking people to write a reflective journal is massive. And some of them, I found, were really creative. Some people wrote things almost like a story. And I and it's great to read that because I think, you know, a lot of people come to the law school and think you have to be conservative and, mm-hmm. you know, box yourself in a certain... Boring. Yeah. It's like, this is too exciting. Right. I'm going to be in big trouble. So it's it's good to me. <laughs> no, but it's good when I realize that some students are don't feel that way. and. Mm. and and I remember, so here's where this, this is a long-winded way of saying, I wrote a couple of exams in law school where I wrote a short story. Sometimes that worked, and sometimes I would get an A with that, and then sometimes I completely misread my audience. And C the minus. professor was conservative, and and I got it. Yeah, well, I never... I, D. Yeah. <laughs> is it worse than yeah, D? Yeah, I got oh. a bad grade, <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> and I thought... I'm never going to be, I, I am a creative person. I never want to lose that, but you do have to choose the, choose the moment. I think that's true. So that, so anyway, but I don't just be afraid. If you, if you've, have you, hopefully neither of you have changed your, you know, approach to lo, of who you are in law school in, in that way. That's a very long, that was a question. That wasn't even a question. That was a classic, uh, academic speak at a conference where <laughs> oh, the yeah, question yeah. comes out yeah. in the end. And, and Jenna and Patrick are looking kind of, uh, yeah, what? What am I supposed to say to that? Jenna, you, Jenna, let's start with you. You must have some response to that. You're are you creative, creative or no? Jenna's That's really creative. what we want to know. So I always feel like I'm not creative because my sister is the artist in our family and she has all these creative friends and they're always producing creative work and that's kind of their, you know, they're like hot-blooded people who are really passionate. And I'm I'm not necessarily like that, but, you know, I really love to read fiction. And part of what I find destabilizing about law school is like you don't have that opportunity all the time. Even in on public transit, I think, oh, well, I better whip out that case that I need to know mm-hmm. uh, for when I arrive <laughs> at school. You got to do your readings, you folks. Gotta, <laughs> and, uh, nothing like doing them on the subway. So... I, so I always worry about that. But then, you know, I've, I have this course this year and we've been assigned so much law adjacent creative work. So we're reading poetry and we're reading Iris Murdoch and we're reading all this kind of kind of beautifully written work. And it reminds you that like just because you're doing legal writing, it doesn't mean that there can't be some something that you bring to it informed by kind of, uh, you know, all the reading you did before. Because I think the good thing about fiction 
is it teaches you a lot about human interaction and it teaches you a lot about interpersonal connections and that's at the heart of law. Mm -hmm. So to lose that or to forget about that aspect of yourself, if that is an interest you have coming into yeah. law school, I think that that would be quite hard. And yeah, and the stories, that, right? Yeah. You need to you law need to hear stories because that's all legal advocacy is is storytelling. Right? So one of the things that I've seen in these reflective journals is students are saying, you know, we talked in class about the ratio and the facts of this case but what we forgot about is that there are real people yeah. involved and i think oh, that's nice. so true right that that and often i i have to remind myself as a professor sometimes to talk about the actual people involved in a case and mm -hmm. how you know these these are not made up stories they're mm -hmm. they have the arc of a story but they're still involving real lives i feel like there's a there's like a fear to get into that aspect cuz it's not the intellectual like it, it seems like you're more intelligent if you are just focused on the ratio and can say, "Oh, this what oh, this yeah. case is really about is this." And Whereas, people are always like, "Oh, I I will do appellate work." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they are, right? Yeah, I don't like the. But I feel like the best people are the people that facts. can see. Okay, I understand that this is the case for this proposition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also here, like in an exam format, even when you're able to be a little bit creative in an exam has I think has been a major benefit for me in writing exams because I'm not I don't get too afraid during exams of the questions so when I don't really know the question I'm like okay I'll just answer this the best I can which sometimes is like going into okay well the facts are actually this <laughs> yeah I don't yeah. know the answer but <laughs> like these facts remind me of this case and then here's what I know yeah, and, and you like can blah, then blah, blah, make and a connection between the two well with the clients in Tijuana for example so I was in this asylum clinic and all these people were coming through who were getting uh, emergency on the spot legal advice just before crossing into the US. So kind of the premise of this clinic was um, preparation for credible fear interviews, which they would undertake when they crossed into the US. Also informing people of the detention conditions, which are you know, human rights violations from A to Z and uh, preparing people for kind of the long process of getting into the mindset of making this asylum claim, which can take you a very long time. So I think creativity factors so much into how you can effectively deploy yourself as a legal worker in that situation because the people who come to you are going to bring stories that are real. They're not perfect, like in a, you know, a fact pattern can be wild, but it doesn't really capture even the depth to which an intake interview can take you just kind of outside of your own perception of what's even possible in the world. For example, uh, we had a lot of people who were fleeing the conflict in Cameroon, and they were talking about this torture and loss and watching and observing death and watching institutions crumble around mm -hmm. them and these types of things that are kind of stunning to someone, you know, like us who are just thinking, okay, we have to we have to go through the five factors for asylum <laughs> right, from the United yeah. Nations, you know, your nationality, religion, um, race, political opinion, and uh, and particular social group. We have to fit this person's human experience into these subcategories and kind of make it coherent for for the purpose of presenting it to, you know, an officer who's going to reject them on bad faith. <laughs> right. So, so it's really interesting. Like you have to be creative when you're trying to distill that on the fly in the conditions where people have just arrived from like a two to three month journey to get to the border in the first place. They have to maintain some degree of resilience to even arrive. 
go through these wild conditions and then present their story to you and then you have to kind of you know put it in this format so you have to be creative not only is it like a problem solver to to kind of facilitate these kind of day-to-day things people need there on the ground but to have law intersect with their experience in a way that that works right yeah i think there's always creativity involved in that mm-hmm. patrick you've been you've been uh, you've been just taking it all in i guess right Yes, uh, as, an as I usually lawyer, do when Jen is around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying in the break that Patrick enjoys being friends with me, but you know it must be he's, taxing. Patrick listens. So you talk. I talk so much. Patrick's Patrick a good listener, a though. He is. He's great. I pride myself on that. Okay, I'll take a different angle. I think cre- I'll talk about creativity and how you shape your career. I think that, as we were talking about in the last episode with becoming an RA even though it was as simple as walking into the professor's office asking for the job, I think that goes against what a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for people that are looking for jobs, you have to really think of other ways to do what you think might be good for you or how you can learn um, and be creative about how you go about those jobs. I was talking to another professor uh, who I look up to the other day and she was trying to, or she was just kind of helping me out with through this job interview process that we're going through right now. And she was saying, you know, there could be plan A, B, C, D, E. And while plan A may be the main plan for you and it may have the result, uh, you may end up going down plan C mixed in with plan D and a little <laughs> bit of E. And you got to be creative in, in those plans to navigate how you're actually going to get to the end goal mm-hmm. of plan A. Uh, and so I think one of the things you should really do is not get strapped into the traditional uh, you know, job searches at law school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, no, well, everyone's doing that right now. It's I, When this comes out, people will have finished their interviews and will be in that place of like, oh, I didn't get anything. Most people will be in that situation. But you're totally right. I didn't even do OCIs, barely. Remember when we yeah, talked about OCIs? I didn't do anything. I wanted a clerkship and interviewed for it and was devastated when I didn't get it. And then I had an interview for a summer job with someone that I didn't do very good in the interview and I didn't get it. Uh, went and hunted down my own summer job, got a crazy job, learned so much. Then I wouldn't have done that otherwise. And then that job is what got me an articling position in the end through the formal recruit. So if I would have got the clerkship, I I just wonder what I would end up with now, you know? It's it's crazy. Like everything, you're you're right. As long as you stay creative and you're willing, you don't get stuck in that box of this is the only way, this is the way that I'm told to do it. Uh, Like the only, I got an email about it, so that's the only way I can get a job. Like it's not the way to go. It's walking into a professor's office and saying, hey, you had to ask if there was an RA position, did you not? Yes. That, it, that's the difference between you and probably 95% of people is people would think about, like, I, you know what? I think probably 80% of people wouldn't even think that they could ask that question, you know? Right, so they don't even try. And then another exactly. 50% I, don't even ask no, it, you know? No, yeah. I, so so, yeah, so I, like the, I, I like your idea. They, what lawyers are, good lawyers are, are able to do is to think strategically in creative ways. Yeah. Not... You know, it's not a visual art, or it's not photography or painting, but it is a creativity in thinking. 
that makes people good lawyers. And I do think that that's... So you, in, in other words, anybody... I think most people have some creativity in them. They just, first of all, may not realize it because they think of creativity in the, you know, the formal artistic sense. Yeah. The, the, the bigger point is, yeah, just, just don't, don't think of it as dry, kind of rote learning that you pick up in law school. There's creativity is a huge part of it. And, and, do you, and keep, you're totally right. Do you all in the faculty sit and kind of talk about how to draw out creativity from students or how to let students know that creativity is on the menu? Well, how does it work? no, I don't think I, and again, I almost just expect it to arise in a way. So, you know, I see the reflective journals and I didn't, I told them what the basic parameters were, mm -hmm. but I didn't say, and I, I I, I think maybe we should be a bit more clear or transparent yeah. in saying to people, you know what, law is a creative discipline. I, I do say it. My very first class in public law, I, I tell them, I go through the syllabus, and one thing that I always try to say is, notice that in October we have something called a deemed Monday, and yeah. which for those people who are not at Osgood, it means Osgood on one the day, usually the Thursday after Thanksgiving, they deem to be a Monday because they don't want the Monday classes to suffer because there are too many Monday holidays. That is actually quite a creative solution to a problem. And it's a typically legal solution because what you've done is you've said to yourself, everybody else in the world thinks this is Thursday, but we are going to deem it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that the, day under sucks. the roof of Osgood. We're going to deem it to be a, a Monday. You think Mondays suck? It. Try a Monday on a Thursday. That's, <laughs> I try to brutal. live it as wholeheartedly, like, but, as a Monday as possible. Like, even not when I'm on campus. Right, I'm no, like, but, the welcome to Monday. Everything that entails. But it's a simple thing in a way, and yet it's very creative to say, let's have this, let's make this day a Monday. Yeah. I don't know why they don't have people sit down and, like, write out creative, like, so when you get a research assistantship um, project, you say, look into this question for me, figure it out, um, get get information on X, Y, or Z it would be the question. And then you got to figure out how to do it. I'm, I'm surprised there's never an opportunity for people to sit down and, okay, figure out how you're going to get a job. Uh, <laughs> and But you have to, you can't, you got the internet and you got you and you got an hour and I want you to write a reflective journal on how that's going to happen. Something like that would be valuable for people, I think, oh. because outside of the normal, like how might you, like, I feel like people never turn their mind to it because they're too stuck in the, the main approach. So maybe that's a good takeaway from this is like actually... I'm also Break now, out of that I'm mold. worried I'm going to get a bunch of people just walking in my office saying, Professor, hey, can I have a job? Yeah. <laughs> no, we've done this <laughs> before had, in I've, earlier I've episodes. I've been worried about it. And it actually, it never comes to pass, which is good. Devastating. Are we, uh, how's our time? We're, we just hit 22, oh, I think-ish. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Could, we can close off. So uh, any final thoughts, Patrick, Jenna? My friends always said that if I wasn't in law school, I would be a park ranger. And so now, while being in law school, I'm trying to find a way to make the two fit together. Um, and while that path doesn't seem so clear in the beginning, you have to look at different options to make, you know, to, to find things that will be exactly what you want it to be. It may not be very easy to do that, but I think if you, you know, you work hard at it and you look at the different opportunities that are there, you can get to exactly what you want. So in the end, hopefully years from now, I will somehow be a lawyer and park ranger or at least working for Parks Canada as a lawyer or something like that. You may write the first book on park ranger law. There's a need for that. Anyway, thank you both. And Adam, uh, 
Good to see you again in, in good shape, finally. My pleasure. Bye, thanks. Bye.